Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes podcast. I am your host, Mike Catron, and as always, we are hosted by HashtagBasketball.com. I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving break. There was a ton of basketball going on, and like I would assume most of you, I spent a lot of time with family and friends, so I didn't get around to doing a lot of box scores. So to make up for uh, missing the, you know, 30-some games that happened the day before and the day after Thanksgiving, which uh, when I was full of turkey and passed out on the couch and watching around 12 hours of The Simpsons per day, I really uh, I didn't feel like doing box scores. So to make up for that, I'm going to switch it up a little bit today, and I'm actually going to run through all 30 teams and do a Thanksgiving breakdown uh, of where I think these teams are, what I'm looking for on each one of these teams, what my uh, what my fantasy focus is. So I'm not going to say, oh, Blake Griffin had a great game, or Kevin Durant is a good player. I'm, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to talk about... There's only one player I'm going to yell about is probably uh, how good he is, and you'll, I'll get to that. But I'm kind of just going to go through each team and say what I'm currently interested in fantasy-wise right now and uh, what I'm looking at in that situation and how to take advantage of that situation or or just what, what I'm trying to consider uh, moving forward through... Uh, through this part of the season. It's uh, kind of an interesting part of the season. There's some injuries. It's The season's kind of in full swing now, and we have enough uh, sample size to start making um, good evaluations on who's good and who's not good. And let's, I mean, let's just start right into uh, the first team. I'm going to go alphabetically because that's how um, people usually go. And I'm going to start with the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Atlanta had a stretch of some kind of poor games over the last week or so. And um, what I noticed was that uh, Schroeder and Bazemore's minutes have both dropped. And I am not particularly happy about that, especially as someone who is kind of high on um, Dennis Schroeder. I've, I've liked what Dennis Schroeder's been doing this year. I thought he would be much, much better. And I also thought Kent Bazemore would be better, though I, I, I didn't think Kent Bazemore was going to be a, a breakout candidate of any means. But I did think Dennis Schroeder would be a breakout candidate. And over the last week, Kent Bazemore's minutes dropped to 23 minutes per game. He uh, He's only averaging eight points, uh, less than a one-and-a-half threes. His uh, assists are uh, still... Um, fine i mean he, in that last week his assist dropped below two but his steals are, are are really what he's good at but really other than steals he hasn't been doing anything else and this is a huge departure uh from like how decent he was last year and, and contributing consistently every night this year he cannot shoot the ball uh over the last week he's actually shot 27 percent, which is pretty horrible um with Bazemore, I'm. I think I'm, I'm going to have to drop him I, I, in standard leagues, or at least he turns. He drops. He goes into the drop zone for me in, in most standard leagues right now. He's a guy you would stream just because he does get starting minutes and he is capable of getting good steals. But unless your team is desperate for steals, I can't understand owning him in standard leagues. Dennis Schroeder, on the other hand, um. It seems like people are kind of giving up on him. He has been performing 
Uh, not terribly great, and over the last couple weeks, he's been shooting under 40%. And that's pretty pitiful. His assists are not as high as his per 36 kind of indicated they would be uh, last year. So his per 36 last year is 7.8 assists per game and 1.6 steals per game. And that's why I was so high on him. I thought he would be a pretty incredible starter and he had flashes last year of multiple steal games, you know, 10 assist games, four or five rebounds uh, a game last season when he was playing starters minutes. So I, I was expecting a really, really good player. And instead he's only averaged 14 points, three rebounds, less than uh, six steals, less than a, or less than one steal, less than six assists. And he's only shooting 40%. Now, he wasn't going to be a great shooter anyway, but he's been kind of miserable. Now, he is only playing 29 minutes a game, which is why I'm not dropping him like I'm dropping Kent Bazemore. His minutes have dipped down a little bit, and some of the bench guys have been playing a little bit more. But I just can't see how this team goes away from playing and starting Dennis Schroeder. Uh, They gave him the starting role. He's good enough to play in the starting role. And I don't know if it's just him getting used to playing against first teams or him getting used to playing with Dwight Howard. I'm not really sure what's going on with Dennis Schroeder. I'm I'm not happy, but I'm watching his situation. To me, this is a buy-low situation for Dennis Schroeder. I think he's better than this. He's been playing mediocre to start the season and he's been playing worse in the last couple weeks so for me he's a buy low let's move on to brooklyn uh we're gonna see if we can time these out so i don't dwell on each team uh for hours and hours some of these teams will go pretty quickly because you should already know what's going on with them uh brooklyn is a team that over the last couple weeks has had a, a interesting turn of events with sean kilpatrick actually um getting a couple starts and playing incredibly well over the last week and having some really actually quality games throughout the last um, for the last week or so. If you look back at what he was doing at the end of the season last year when he was playing close to starters minutes on Brooklyn, he he, he didn't play terribly um, pretty. He didn't play terrible last year. Um, in, in, in a brief period of time when he was starting, now he's starting again. And in the last week, in the, in the last three games, he's averaged almost 30 minutes, which is obviously quality enough to be streamed in any league. But here's, what's really impressive. 20 points, two, three pointers, three rebounds, 4.3 assists, almost a steal and a block a game shooting 52%. So right away, he's shooting 52% in the last week. That's not going to last. His averages are much lower than that. I'd say he's probably going to average around 43% for the year. His um, blocks are a little bit fluky as well. But what's not fluky is his ability to score and his three-pointers. And to me, that's uh, really impressive. And the fact that he gets decent assists uh, for someone off the waiver. For me, I'm going to say go ahead and, and stream him in every league for sure. And I don't know, he's he's not going to be around terribly much longer once Lynn is back healthy. he uh, His value completely, I think, drops off a of standard league relevancy. But right now, Lynn isn't playing, and Sean Kilpatrick's the starter. I, I In standard leagues, I think it's worth a pickup. It's worth a flyer, knowing simply knowing that Jeremy Lin will be back within a week or so 
If you have a bottom-of-the-bench guy you can bring in and get some quality starts out of uh, Sean Kilpatrick, go right ahead, uh, especially if in your bigger league. If you're in a regular standard league, I'm not sure how quality those starts will be, but it just depends on how bad your point guard situation is. But if you're in a bigger league, I, I think you, he's ownable and he's startable in, in bigger leagues. And I'd play him until Jeremy Lin comes back in uh, any standard head-to-head league. Let's see. Moving on, let's see. If, what else is on in Brooklyn? Um, Brook Lopez had a down week. I don't think there's anything to worry about there. He's kind of a buy-low candidate uh, personally. And, um, yeah, continue to own Trevor Booker. I know he's been playing pretty well. And I know you could probably make a case for him to, to, to sell high on him. And feel free to try to sell high on Trevor Booker. I think his he's a little bit inflated right now. But I like Trevor Booker. I'm, I'm going to keep him on my team unless I can get something really good back for him. Moving on to Boston. Um, Boston has been kind of interesting. Looking at what they've done over the last week, uh, Jake Crowder on his return, he's been playing his way back into shape, and that's really nice to see. Uh, I'm pretty happy with him. I, I kind of said if anyone got um, tired of waiting for him to come off an injury or got scared of those first couple games off it uh, when he came back from injury, I said, don't be. He's playing his way back into you know to health. Like, don't worry about those bad couple games. If someone wants to get rid of him, buy low on that guy. If someone already got rid of him, pick him up. This is why you picked him. This is why you pick him up. He's playing really well right now. I would hold him moving forward. And uh, Avery Bradley also playing incredibly well. I'd hold uh, Avery Bradley moving forward indefinitely. Really, I think he's that good. He's young enough to to play this well and to to kind of take a little bit of a leap. So I, I'm rolling with Avery Bradley. I'm holding him. I think the most interesting player over the last week on Boston has been Kelly Olynyk, old Smelly Kelly. Smelly Kelly, over the last week, he averaged 20 minutes, so he hasn't been... It's not like he was averaging a ton of uh, more minutes, and it's not like he was getting any more starting time. He briefly started earlier this month, but over the last week or so, he hasn't been starting. But he's been he played consistent minutes over the last week, and he averaged 11 points, 1.7 threes, so almost two threes, three rebounds, which is pretty pathetic, Two assists, which is okay for a big guy. 1.7 steals and 0.7 blocks, shooting 54%. Now, right away, look at looking at this, people might be like, oh, Kelly Olenek, maybe I should go run and pick him up. Uh, look, That's in pretty incredible in only 20 minutes. To me, I think this is just a fluky week. Um, if you really want to take a flyer on him in bigger leagues, I, I get it. But he's still playing 20 minutes, and that's not consistent enough playing time for me. He's already shown our, so far this year in 20 minutes that he is not standard league relevant. The th- thing is, though, he is he is good enough to put up some decent numbers when he's playing pretty well. So Flyers in bigger leagues or stream him. Stream him until he drops back off in uh, head-to-head leagues. But in standard league roto, I'm not, I'm not running out to pick him up. I think his shooting is fluky. He's shooting a much higher percent than he usually does. And his steals as well are, are way higher than his normal average. So I'm not getting my hopes up there. Uh, if he suddenly, if this good playing time leads to suddenly 28, 30, 32 minutes a game, then Kelly Olenek would be someone that I would be, I'd pick up in a standard league. 
But until he gets starters minutes, Kelly Olynyk's not someone I'm interested in uh, standard roto leagues or even standard head-to-head leagues outside of a streaming spot. Moving on to Charlotte. Um, Charlotte has been a little bit interesting. Marvin Williams is uh, out. He's injured, and Jeremy Lamb has come in and played um, kind of heavy minutes over the last two games. He had an insanely monster game against New York. He had 18 points and 17 rebounds with one three and two assists and a steal. And then he followed that up with only 22 minutes against Memphis, though Memphis is decimated with injuries right now. So it's kind of a blowout. I think Jeremy Lin should be picked up. Um, He's got the starting spot until Marvin Williams comes back. Now, when Marvin Williams comes back, I think he moves right back to the bench. But, yeah, uh, Jeremy Lamb... There's there's no way I think um, he he's this good. You know what I mean? He's not going to average 18 and 17. or uh, So right now over the last two, three games, he's averaging 13 points and almost 10 rebounds and a three-pointer. That's, that's pretty silly. Um, his last two games have been pretty absurd. But the guy can score. And it's hard to get points off the bench. So Jeremy Lamb gets you points off the off the waiver wire, which is something to look forward to. And he's going to play starters minutes until Marvin Williams comes back. So to me, Jeremy Lamb is a flyer. If you're in a standard league, you know, drop your lowest bench guy, pick up Jeremy Lamb. Um, any bigger leagues, I think he should be owned. Uh, if you really can't afford to own him, stream him, obviously. But to me, he's a, he's a pickup and ride the hot hand kind of player right now. So, yeah, ride Jeremy Lamb's hot hand until until he can't do it anymore. Another guy on Charlotte is uh, Michael Carter – or not Michael Carter-Williams. That guy is really injured. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist on Charlotte is, to me, droppable. He has not been performing very well. His shot looks terrible. He's not doing enough of the counting stats for me right now to be ownable. I'm dropping him in all standard leagues. I'm not interested in owning him. The next team on the list is the Chicago Bulls. Uh, My favorite Chicago Bulls. The Bulls have been uh, out on their circus road trip, the very last circus road trip. And if you'd like to read a little bit of history and or fantastic um synopsis of the circus road trip go to hashtag basketball.com and look for the chicago bulls page there is a bright young author named uh writer named mike katrin who you might know from this podcast and he wrote about the circus road trip so go check out my article if you uh if you dare interested in what the circus road trip is and some of the highlights over the last, really, this is a 40-year tradition that's finally going away that's uh, put the Chicago Bulls on the road for two, two and a half weeks uh, in some really horrible, horrible road trips throughout their, really, their entire history. Um, So to me, it's interesting, and it's a fun farewell to the circus road trip. Good riddance is the name of the article. But the Bulls on this road trip is... (laughs) Uh, rarely have played well, and this Bulls team has played well. And one of the more uh, interesting players is uh, Ray John Rondo. Rondo, over the last couple weeks, has been filling up the box scores uh, enough to be standardly relevant. And 
He's doing that by getting a ton of rebounds, a ton of assists, and steals. Basically what you thought Rondo should be doing when you, if you want to have Rondo on your team. Now, obviously, he's uh, Rondo's not scoring more than 10 points a game, and I don't think he'll ever average more than 10 points a game this season. He's shooting pretty horribly from a free throw, though Rondo does not shoot a ton of free throws, so it doesn't really hurt you too much to have his bad free throw shooting on your team. So you don't need a punt free throw strategy to have Rondo on your team. What to me is more intriguing is the fact that he's back up to almost double digits in assists. He's over the last two weeks averaging nine and a half assists. And then the nine and a half rebounds is pretty amazing as well. Um, I really am surprised his steals aren't back up to what he was doing last year. Last year he averaged two steals this year. He's only averaging 1.3. And I need a nice bump from steals on Rondo to, to to get excited about Rondo at all. So to me, I think he's ownable in standard leagues unless you really can't handle the fact that he doesn't get points. But the, he does enough counting stats. He's doing enough counting stats right now to be to be owned. Another guy I think should be owned on the Chicago Bulls is Robin Lopez. Robin Lopez... His playing time has gone up over the last couple weeks, and they have been playing some bigger teams. So Robin Lopez does play against uh, centers and, and teams that uh, might give Taj Gibson have someone who gives Taj Gibson a little bit of a uh, trouble with their size. And Robin Lopez has done a lot with that with that playing time. I also uh, I also think uh, Robin Lopez should be owned in standard leagues. Especially if you're hurting for big men stats. Uh, right now, over the last two weeks, Robin Lopez is averaging almost nine rebounds and two blocks per game. And those blocks have actually gone up in the last week though. That's a small sample size. And so is two weeks really, but Robin Lopez can get you good blocks, good rebounds. And I think he's ownable in all, uh, all standard leagues. His shooting percentage is actually pretty low compared to his normal averages, which is surprising. Usually that's uh, his shooting percentage is what makes him really good. He's shooting 50 or 40, Five percent for the year, but usually Robin Lopez shoots over fifty percent. So do expect his shooting percentage to go up. Though I think in uh, New York he was doing a little bit more uh, putbacks and getting the ball in a position where he could uh, get an easy layup or dunk. And the way Wade and Jimmy Butler run their sets and and run uh, pick and rolls with Robin Lopez. It does leave him open for more mid-range jumpers. So that does indicate that his field goal percentage should go down a little bit. But Robin Lopez, I think, is a better shooter than uh, 45%. I think he'll be closer to 50, even shooting those mid-range jumpers uh, at a at a higher volume than he has in the past. He might not break 50, but he's he's closer to 50 than he is 45. So to me, Robin Lopez, pick him up in uh, all your leagues next moving on the cleveland cavaliers there's not a whole lot uh that you knew with the cleveland cavaliers um there is some pretty terrible news chaining fry um is out apparently he lost his mother and I, i believe he lost his father as as well and and that's pretty just absolutely horrifying and and uh i think everybody you know, is giving their best to Channing Fry and hoping for the best for him and hoping he can get through this. Um, to me, Channing Fry was was in that um, standard league relevancy. So 
I think he'll be standardly relevant when he comes back, but whenever he comes back is when he comes back, and I don't think anyone's wishing what's happened to him on, on their worst enemy. So my condolences to Channing Fry. In his uh, absence, though, not too many people have been stepping up. Uh, Richard Jefferson has gotten more minutes on Cleveland in this time, but he he really hasn't done enough to be standard league relevant. So to me, there's not really a lot uh, going on in Cleveland. New, even with Channing Fry out for an indefinite amount of time, it, it doesn't seem like anyone's stepping into his role. Uh, he Channing Fry only played... Um, let me check. 18 minutes a game, and he was being standard league relevant in that 18 minutes. So most people cannot be standard league relevant in 18 minutes. And, um, yeah, so nothing to see in, in, in Cleveland. Hopefully, um, Channing Fry uh, gets through this tough time. The next team on the list is the Denver Nuggets. And the Denver Nuggets is a huge cluster. And, um, uh, Nurich and Joich, uh the names that I cannot say, that situation is can still continuing. I'm not even going to get into it because, it, first off, I cannot say their names. But on top of that, like nothing new. They're still playing weird minutes. They're not starting uh, or they're not playing starters minutes regularly. Uh, the rotation is all messed up. There's no you know pattern to it. So right now you can just really ho- only hold on to those guys and. I guess to me, buy low because at some point they're going to have to play their best players, and those two guys are part of their best starting five. And eventually they're going to have to figure this out, and they're going to have to play better their their better players later in the season. So to me, it's a it's a buy low situation for Nurich and Joic. Um, over the last uh, let's let's see here, a couple weeks. Wilson Chandler has been playing out of his mind, and he's been playing starters minutes. Um, and over the last couple games, last two games, he started, and he he had an incredible two game stretch actually in that period of time where he had uh, thirty two points and then twenty five points back to back with uh, good rebounds, good threes, and uh, a couple steals to throw in there. To me, Wilson Chandler is a must own in all leagues. I'd pick him up, really. In, all, in any standard league, I know uh, Daniello is out with an injury, and so is Will Barton. So I know Wilson Chandler is getting uh, the benefit of having less touch, uh, less guys who are scorers, and less getting more touches because those guys are out. Sure, I still think even uh, if those guys come back, he's playing well enough to be on in standard leagues. This is a sell high, but this is such an obvious sell high that he's playing way above where he will rank at the end of the year that I don't think anyone would fall for it. But, you know, give it a shot. If you can sell high on Wilson Chandler, feel free. But he is a must-own in all leagues. Um, another guy on the Denver Nuggets that has been playing well with the uh, the kind of the injuries been going around in the guard situation has been Jamal Murray. And um, Jamal Murray had a, a really good stretch over the last um, week over those four games, he's he's almost he's not playing a full thirty minutes, but he has been uh, played twenty eight in the last week. He had nineteen points, almost three three pointers in a game, five over five rebounds, only um, two assists. So that's kind of depressing, and uh, only a half a steal, but a half a block. And um, that stat line kind of r- reminds me of other 
um, guards that are capable of filling it up with um, a little bit of the athleticism uh, of the blocks. So the blocks there kind of intrigue me in a, in a guard getting blocked situation. To me, the fact that his assists are low is a real disappointment. You would hope that he could get better assists. Is he is he ownable? I'm willing to take a flyer on. I'm willing to take a flyer on on uh, Jamal Murray in standard leagues if I have a, a bench spot open for him. The fact that his role diminishes once everybody's healthy on this team kind of dissuades me from getting too invested in Jamal Murray. But yeah, like I'm not really sure why you wouldn't give him a shot. He's playing very well. He's 19 which um, is incredible that he's playing that well at 19. He's not going to – every game is not going to be a stud-filled game. So against Phoenix last night, he only played 21 minutes. He had nine points and four rebounds. Even though he only played uh, 21 minutes in that game, I, I still feel safe in saying that um, you should own him in standard leagues. And, um, yeah, I, I, I would go ahead and pick him up. Uh, Kenneth Fareed is surprisingly standard league relevant in nine cat leagues. And um, I'm surprised that he's, he's playing this well. I'm surprised that uh, uh, old Kenny Fareed has had a good run um, so far this year. And it's, it's even more surprising when Nurich and Joe should be playing more of his minutes. I, um, Kenneth Farid is kind of a um, always dangerous type of guy to pick up. He does like to um, hover around that uh, drop zone in nine cat leagues. He just doesn't do enough of the the steals and um, and his his free throw percentage is pretty bad. But right now, in uh, in limited minutes. He's getting almost a steal. He's getting a block and a steal per game in 23 minutes, which is pretty impressive. I do think it does have to do with the fact that he's going against second teams a little bit more. Um, really, he's a nine cat across the board roto type of guy. I get if you if you need rebounds and you like that steal and a block, then go ahead and pick him up in head to head leagues and standard leagues. But he does have around the drop zone right now. He's not. I think he's getting a little bit. Um, uh, he's he's playing better in limited minutes. I think he's getting a little bit more um, value simply because he's playing against second teams, and that should continue. That should continue throughout the um, throughout the year. So yeah, Kenny Fareed, I would I would pick him up in standard leagues. I I don't want him on my team just simply because I I don't like his style. Even though I'm into nine cat guys who do a little bit of everything. Um, I need him to do a little bit more of everything. So the block and the steal is really nice from Kenneth Fareed, but the fact that he gets almost he gets less than an assist a game and no threes really hurts because he doesn't do anything elite. And so this is a bottom of the bench kind of standard league guy, but it's still worth owning in standard leagues. All right, uh, we got a lot of teams left, so let's take it up a notch, I guess. Let's uh, speed up the pace. And I'm only talking to myself at this point. Going on to, let's see, Detroit. Uh, Reggie Jackson is set to return uh, pretty soon, so this is the last days of Ishmith, so get your value out of Ishmith while you can. I would uh, also drop Marcus Morris. I think he's um, 
He's just not that good. I I don't think he's um, he might be an end of the bench type of guy at, at best, but I'd rather take a flyer on Kenneth Fareed than have Marcus Morris. Though I uh, um, I think Marcus Morris does. A, I guess I like Marcus Morris personally more than I like Kenneth Freed, but right now, in the last couple weeks, Kenneth Freed's playing better than Marcus Morris is. Uh, Golden State Warriors, they're the Golden State Warriors. I don't think we need to even talk about them. They're doing what they're doing. I think how they're ranked currently right now, KD, Curry, um, and then Draymond, and then Clay. I think this is where they're going to be. They're getting better at playing with each other. Um, Golden State's just doing what they do. Houston, um, Clint Capella, who I'm a big fan of, and I, I think I said earlier this year when he was uh, playing, um, you know, started out the year a little slow and had some bad uh, bad minutes. You know, they went to him. Now they're starting him permanently. He's playing 31 uh, or 30 minutes, over 30 minutes a game in the last two weeks. Uh, 16 points, nine rebounds, um, only an assist, but two and a half blocks and shooting 64%, which is pretty insane. He's getting a lot of easy put-ins around the basket, which really, really helps. But, man, that field goal percentage, that, that, that can really swing a week. And I think you, a lot of people miss uh, underestimate what a, a really good field goal percentage can do to their team. It, it can give you, it can swing your week. It can bump you up a handful of points in a Roto League. So to me, Clint Capella is actually very, very valuable. Uh, I'm I'm holding on to him. I'm not trying to sell high on him. I'm I'm holding on to Clint Capella. He gets elite blocks. He has an elite field goal, and uh, 16 and nine is is better than what Paul Gasol is doing right now. Freaking Paul Gasol! I'm tired of that guy. Uh, I'll get to him in a little bit. The other predicament in uh, Houston is that Patrick Beverly's return is kind of ate into Eric Gordon's value. I think Eric Gordon's still simply because the uh, the volume of threes that he shoots and the the volume of threes that he makes, he's he's elite at threes, but he doesn't do anything else. He's actually really bad um, across the board. He at least gets a, a steal a game, which is fine. Um, I I still think Eric Gordon could be owned, even though Patrick Beverly's taking some of his minutes. Uh, Eric Gordon is only playing um, thirty one minutes on the season, but over the last um, week that's dropped down to 29 i know that's not a huge difference but his threes are pretty out of control right now he's almost averaging four but he's averaging three on the season so i'd move forward with owning eric gordon especially if you need threes um patrick beverly on the other hand i think he's kind of uh in the drop zone he's not doing enough for me to um to warrant a roster spot personally let's go over to indiana uh, Paul George has been battling an injury, and I, I know he played one game there in the last couple of weeks, but uh, he's out, and he's going to be out for a little bit. And pers- personally, I thought uh, Miles Turner would take over, and Miles Turner did not take over. Miles Turner's kind of just been doing what Miles Turner does, um, playing solid. Miles Turner's still a hold for me. Uh, instead, Jeff Teague has been taking over, and I think I'm I'm going to sell high on Jeff Teague. He's playing very well and he's shooting a lot and he's scoring a lot and he's he's his stat lines look better but personally when paul george comes back you know that's gonna fall off so to me jeff teague is a sell high thad young 
I thought would get a little bit more touches, and I think he's getting a few more touches, but um, not anything significant. Thad Young's a hold for me. In um, Paul George's, um, during his injury, Glenn Robinson III has actually got a bulk of the minutes. He's In the last two weeks, he's played 28 minutes per game. In that uh, two-week span, Glenn Robinson III has... Averaged 10 points, 1.3 threes, five rebounds, less than an assist, about a half a steal, and one-third of a block. That's um, not good enough for me to own in a standard league. I can see people maybe wanting to, in bigger leagues taking uh, having him on your team because he gets good minutes. He shoots decent, you know, okay threes, decent threes. He gets good rebounds for... Um, his position, which I think is nice. And other than that, I, I'm not interested in him in standard leagues. I I think he's, some people might think he's ventured into that drop zone area where he might be an end of the bench type of guy. And personally, I would, I would disagree. I, I just don't think he's that good. I don't think he does enough. He's like a really, really poor man's Eric Gordon. So why not have Eric Gordon instead? Let's see. Moving on to the Clippers. Um, the Clippers are the Clippers. There's nothing really new going on there. They're the guys who are good, you know who they are. No one off the bench has uh, really stepped up into standard league relevancy. So a much more interesting team in L.A., the Lakers. <clears throat> Jordan Clarkston has been getting more minutes over the last couple weeks, and I think he should be owned in uh, all standard leagues. you got to take a flyer on these guys. I think the way I think I've said this before, LA's kind of just experimenting with their rotations. And Jordan Clarkston, to me, is the best fantasy guy in that rotation. And I think he's the most consistent player. I think he's a better NBA player as well. And over the last couple of weeks, he's been getting that um, bump. To me, I think he should be owned. His steals are out of this world right now, so that's really helping his value. Um, he's averaging almost three steals in the last two weeks. But to me, I mean, for the season, he's averaging two steals. And so that's not terribly far off. He scores. So that if you need a guy who scores, there's the, he helps you there. He gets three rebounds and three assists, which is pretty solid. And um, he shoots, you know, he doesn't murder you. By shooting horribly, though over the last couple of weeks he shot only under forty percent. His um, his career, or his season long is right now is forty five percent, and his career is probably closer to forty three, forty four. So, I don't know why you wouldn't own him or at the very least stream him. I think you have to stream anybody who's playing decent minutes in L.A. And right now Jordan Clarkson's getting, um the bulk of the minutes and he's playing well so ride the hot hand ride jordan clarkston uh jose calderon has been playing more in la he's over the last week he's averaging 20 minutes and he's seen um enough time to be almost relevant only eight points one and a half threes three rebounds five assists one steal and he's shooting 60%. Now, 60% sounds high, but uh, Jose Calderon is known for shooting uh, pretty high percentages uh, over the stretch 
uh, over some stretches in, in, in the previous in, in his past, and he's not taken a ton of shots. So, you know, he's only taking shots he knows he can make, and that's why he's only scoring eight points. I don't think... I don't think Jose Calderon's ownable. I know that he is he is starting, but this is D'Angelo's job. And once uh, D'Angelo Russell is back, then there's nothing to worry about here. There's nothing. There's nothing to see here, and that's why I'm not picking. I'm not picking up Jose Calderon. Also, Jose Calderon's like 35 years old, and he was pretty terrible in New York just uh, not not that long ago. So. I know it might look kind of intriguing, and maybe if you're streaming, you're desperate for some point guard stats. He would be a um, a good guy to to stream because he is playing good enough minutes. But Jose Calderon not ownable in standard leagues, only streamable. It does look like D'Angelo Russell will be out for at least two to three weeks. So do do get what value you can out of him in in, in bigger leagues. Another guy who's gotten a lot of minutes in the last couple of weeks has been Brandon Ingram and Brandon Ingram hasn't been doing much with that time. His offense looks pretty bad. His defensive stats are not good, especially for how lengthy he's, he's got a lot of length and, and it's, he's been pretty disappointing to me. I'm only intrigued because he is playing 30 minutes a game in the last week. But ten points, five and a half rebounds, half assists, no, or shooting thirty four percent, like no thanks. Uh, I'm not interested, and I don't think he'll be good this year. I don't think he'll be standard league relevant this year at all. Let's go to Memphis. Memphis is f- just everyone is injured on Memphis right now. I think Connolly's playing through an injury. James Enos is out. Chandler Parsons is out. Zach Randolph is out. And so you would expect with that many injuries, there would be an influx of guys who would have fantasy fantasy relevance in the short term. Well, not so much. Um, Jermichael Green, well, most of those guys are not starters. So, uh, except for um, Chandler Parsons. But Chandler Parsons has been injured most of this year. And... To me, I'm giving up on Chandler Parsons. I'll pick him up the second he looks good off the waiver wires, but I'm throwing him to the waiver wires because I've had enough of his injuries. Who knows when he'll be actually be actually when he'll be healthy, or if he'll ever be healthy again? I'm not really sure. I get if you if you have a place to stash him. So if you're in a roto league and you have bench spots, stash him. But to me, I'm dropping him in standard leagues, even in roto leagues. Uh, you would expect someone to step up in the absence of all these players. Jermichael Green, who, you know, should be getting more touches considering uh, Chandler Parsons is out. But really, he's looked pretty much the same as he always has with all those guys out. Uh, 10 points, 8 rebounds. And uh, the counting stats are really, really low. Shooting very good percentage of 58%, but only 6 shots per game. So not terribly great. Um, to me, that's not really... St- standard league relevant unless you're in a nine cat roto league and that's if you're desperate for rebounds at a good field goal percentage he doesn't do a whole lot now he does shoot about he he does get almost a three a game which is nice from that position but i don't think Michael green's worth owning in standard leagues unless uh, you're in a bigger league i could see you know 12 team bigger leagues 
where he's he's ownable. But yeah, no thanks for Jermichael Green on Memphis. Uh, two other guys who've been getting more minutes in the last week are Andrew Harrison, who's played 31 minutes in in the last week, and Troy Williams, who's played 29 minutes. So they their fantasy value has gone up due to injuries, which is how that works. The problem is, is their fantasy value has not gone up far enough to be relevant in standard leagues at all. Uh, even in bigger leagues, they're I don't even know how relevant they would be at all. Um, I guess if you're in a very big league, those guys are now relevant and they should be on a team or streamed in bigger leagues. But I wouldn't even stream them. In, I wouldn't stream them in standard leagues, and I certainly wouldn't go out and pick them up. Let's go on to Miami. This is another team that's kind of a mess, and uh, there's still, uh, you know, injuries, and and no one knows who what playing who's playing, um, what night, and this team should be tanking and playing their young players. And right now, Dion Waiters has been, you know, just shooting as much as humanly possible. Over the last week, he's, you know, done Dion Waiters stuff. He's done enough to be kind of intriguing because his his field goal percentage is back up to like 43%. Um, That's going to drop back down to 40%. He's not that good. I would, if you have him on your team right now, sell high on Dion Waiters. Because he's going to drop out of standard league relevance real quick. And if you're in a bigger league, sell high on him. Uh, his 18 points, two three-pointers, almost four assists, four, assi- uh, um, uh, four assists, almost four rebounds, and a steal is probably as, as good as he's as Dion Waiters is going to play this year. So I'd sell high on him. To me, the more interesting player on this team is Tyler Johnson. Um, Tyler Johnson has played very well over the last week. Now, the problem is the week before that, he looked like kind of trash, but he was still getting counting stats, but he wasn't shooting the ball well at all. This week, on the other hand, he's averaging 17 points, one, three, um, about almost four rebounds. He's kind of doing similar stuff to Deion Wayers, but he's getting a steal and a block a game, which is real silly, and he's shooting 43%. I like Tyler Johnson. Over Dion Waiters, I still think they're you know bottom tier bench players in standard league. Um, maybe the occasional start on um, a utility spot here and there for Tyler Johnson. I I think Tyler Johnson's got more potential. I think we know who Dion Waiters is, even though Dion Waiters and Tyler Johnson are this. I think the same age, but to me, Tyler Johnson could be. Um, could be a lot better. I think he's going to play more minutes. Uh, Deion Wayers is just kind of filling it up while Winslow is um, still out. Speaking of Justice Winslow, Winslow should be back very soon. And, oh, man, I, I really hope Winslow comes back and plays very well. I have uh, Justice Winslow on my radar, especially since I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people dropped him because this year he hasn't um, – Justice Winslow has not really been fantasy standard league relevant, but I'm I'm, I'm just interested to see in what Justice Winslow is going to do when he gets back and how he's going to play and if he's gonna, they're going to run the offense through him and he's going to distribute more. I'm not sure he breaks into standard league relevance this year, but he's young enough and talented enough that I'm I'm keeping an eye on Justice Winslow for sure. He's also got that guard forward eligibility, which is um, 
real sexy these days. Let's see, where are we at? All right, let's um, move on. Oh, no, let's talk about uh, two other guys on Miami, Wayne Ellington and Rodney McGruder. That's right, I am actually going to talk about those guys. In the last game that they played, they both played, you know, due to the injuries on this team, um, they both played um, pretty well, um, but other than outside of uh, bigger leagues, uh, I'm not terribly interested in them. Rodney McGruder, maybe. I mean, I'm keeping an eye on those guys, but I think they're too far buried in the depth chart, and um, really, they're just—they're not going to play. Even though it looks like, um, let's see, Dion Waiters was out, Tyler Johnson was out, and Justice Winslow was out. Uh, and this uh, on the game that was actually tonight. So this was a fluke. This was an injury starts for them. But in the future, if you do see those players out, you know who's going to start. So those would be guys to stream if you're in, in, in bigger leagues or even in standard leagues. If you think one of those guys, if you if you're desperate for a spot, um, those guys are going to start when the when um, Magruder and Ellington are going to start when Waiters and Tyler Johnson are out. All right. Let's go to Milwaukee. Greg Monroe's situation is still a situation, huh? Um, yeah, I don't really know what to do with Greg Monroe. He's actually playing games now, which is nice to see. Um, he's back to the you know 18 minute per game mark again, and you know he's been oh you know borderline drop drop zone even in 18 minutes so to me that means he should be owned because eventually he's either going to play on this team and he's going to play on another team and so if you're in more long-term kind of leagues if you if you can deal with having this like dead spot on your team greg monroe i'd put him i'd put him in your bench uh, and head to head you're not gonna you're not gonna hurt the the upside's there right if he plays more minutes he's going to be much much better so in limited minutes He's still giving you enough to not be the worst player on your team, or to not to to be someone you're considering dropping. I'd still you know consider dropping him because I think he is in that drop zone. But especially when he suddenly stopped playing, it was like playing you know eight minutes a game, which didn't make any sense. But uh, I'm gonna hold on Greg Monroe because it's really the only thing you can do, especially probably where he you got drafted. Uh, he was a decent, probably a decent value. You got him probably later in the rounds. But to me, all you can do is hold on Greg Monroe. So continue to hold on Greg Monroe. We do need to talk about John Henson's uh, monster game. He had 20 points, 7 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal, and 3 blocks against Orlando. John Henson, super monster game. I'm not picking him up. I, I'm still spot starting him. Or, or, or I'm streaming John Henson in head-to-head leagues because he is starting right now and i understand a lot of people probably want to go out and pick john henson up because of that huge monster game i unless you're desperate for blocks which he should be getting a lot more of um he has not impressed at all in um starting and i certainly don't see um 20 points Ever, I mean, this might be the. I think this is probably his career high. Uh, I'm not going to put money on that, but I'm going to take a guess. It's going to be 
John Henson's season high, 20 freaking points. So I don't, I mean, take a flyer on him. Maybe, maybe they figured something out, but to me, I'm not, I'm not running and pick him up in standard leagues and bigger leagues. I'd pick him up because he's starting and in teams where I'm and maybe in standard leagues where I'm desperate, desperate for blocks, I'd pick him up. But other than that, I'm streaming him in standard leagues or I'm not picking him up in roto leagues simply because I just, I don't think he's going to be, this was a fluke game and I don't, he's going to go revert back to the mean, which if you look at what he's averaged over the last two weeks, it's like less than 10 points, five and a half rebounds and almost two blocks. So the blocks are there, which is nice. But other than that, um, I can see, I can see if you really need a big man owning him in a standard league. How about that? But I'm not picking him up. Um, also in Milwaukee, the only guy I wanted to talk to, but you know this is going to be a long podcast. We're only on Milwaukee. Um, was the Greek Freak? I just want to honorable mention Greek Freaks: um, twenty three, seven and a half, seven and a half steal and one and a half blocks over the last week, which is actually sadly lower than his season average of twenty two, eight and a half, six, two steals, two blocks, two steals and two blocks. That's that's insane. Greek Freak, much respect. Let's go to Minnesota. Carl Anthony Towns um, has kind of been slumping lately. He has not been, I mean, for Carl Anthony Towns. His, he's still playing incredibly well, I think. But uh, the cat daddy here over the last week, um, you know, dropping to, uh, over the last two weeks, dropping to about 20 and 10, um, which is a little bit below what he um, has been averaging on the season. His um, shooting percentage is down quite a bit over the last week or so. Um, I don't know why you would sell Car Anthony Towns. I'm not getting rid of Car Anthony Towns. I'm not worried about uh, old Cat Daddy here. If you think you can buy low on Car Anthony Towns, go and do it. Go and do it right this second. Um, he's averaging one and a half threes a game at a center spot. The guy's insane. Like, just, just, just let Cat Daddy be Cat Daddy. Just he—he's pulling off moves that you know only guards in the league do. He's a sinner. He's a sinner. Um, hold on to Car Anthony Towns. Buy low on Car Anthony Towns if you can. Let's go to New Orleans. Um, I was uh, telling everybody to hold on to Tim Frazier, and I think that's still a, a good call. Continue to hold on to Tim Frazier until Tyreek Evans is back. Uh, Tim Frazier has continued to play along with Drew Holiday. He's continued to started or continued to start. Um, Drew Holiday is still working his way back into the NBA, so it's going to be a little bit before. But um, Drew Holiday is fully taking over. Tim Frazier's role, but I still see them playing uh, minutes together until Tyreek comes back. Tim Frazier is good enough to play. Uh, hold on to Tim Frazier. Let's see. Solomon Hill, he had a um, pretty good week or so. Let's check out his stats. Yeah, he got two starts in the last two games. They lost both of those games. What a surprise. He's not doing enough for me to own. I know he's getting steals and blocks almost one per game in the last week. But um, personally, I, I, I'm not interested in Solomon Hill. I don't. I, I think this is temporary for him. I mean, watch him, but standard league relevance, I, I don't think he has it. Terrence Jones, his minutes dance is still up and down. 
when uh, Anthony Davis is out, I would start him. I would pick him up in standard leagues even and just spot start him uh, when Anthony Davis is out and then drop him um, when Anthony Davis comes back. That's how valuable Terrence Jones is when he when Jones plays um, big minutes. Over, let's see, the last two weeks he's averaged 26 minutes, and that's been good enough for 13 points, almost uh, about a three a game. Five rebounds, one steal, and one block, and that's that's really good numbers for uh, fantasy across the board. His turnovers are non-existent, and that's why Terrence Jones is good in in nine cat leagues. I can see if you're in a specific head-to-head punt strategy, he either fits or he doesn't. But to me, Terrence Jones is just I can't own him in a standard league, not knowing when he's going to play twelve minutes. Now, I know over the last couple weeks. He's averaged 26, and I'm willing to take a flyer on him in in standard leagues if I if I have the bench spot open. If I'm desperate for that kind of player, um, I think he is good. He's good enough to be standard league relevant when he's consistently starting. Even when he's playing 26 minutes, he's standard league relevant. So I take. A, I don't know if I want to take up a bench spot, knowing not knowing how consistent Jones's minutes will be, but. If you got the spot on the, if you got a flyer spot, if you got an end of the bench guy who's playing terrible, let's say you have Michael Kidd Gilchrist at the end of your bench, and you're looking at him and you're like, why do I have Michael Kidd Gilchrist on my team? That guy sucks. Drop him and pick up Terrence Jones. I'm okay with that. All right. The home stretch, everyone. Um, this will be a long one, I guess. The Knicks. Derek Rose, I think he's uh, a sell high right now. He's been playing very, very well. Uh, averaging 20 points, 5.5 rebounds, 5.5 assists, and over a steal a game, which he hasn't done in years. Uh, So sell high right now on Derrick Rose. He's going to continue to be Derrick Rose, sell high. Courtney Lee, he's been playing very well over the last uh, week or so. He's uh, shooting over two threes. He's making over two threes a game. Getting over an assist a game, or over a steal a game, about two assists, three rebounds. Eh, to me, he's in the drop zone. I can see picking him up if you if you really need someone. I guess he's better than Michael Kidd Gilchrist, like I said, but not really not by much. I, I don't know which one of those guys I'd rather have on my team. Probably right today, Courtney Lee, and in two weeks, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. So yeah, drop zone. Uh, I'd say Courtney Lee's in the drop zone. A lot of people have been talking about selling high on Kristaps Porzingis. Uh, don't. Don't sell high on Kristaps Porzingis. There's no reason to sell high on Kristaps Porzingis. The guy is amazing. Um, and he's he's sitting real pretty. Derrick Rose draws defenses in. Mello draws double teams. And Kristaps is open. Uh, Rose is learning to use Kristaps on the pick and roll. And just Kristaps just stands behind the line and drains threes. Chris Epps is so good. I love Chris Epps. He's just only going to get better. Um, hold. Do not sell high on Chris Epps at all. Okay, City. Um, Russell Westbrook has been playing, well, you know, like Russell Westbrook, uh, out of his mind, but he's also been playing a little bit better with his teammates. And Oladipo over the last couple weeks um, has finally looked like old Oladipo, averaging 19 points, two and a half threes, five rebounds, four steals, and or no, four assists. I keep messing up my steals and assists today. Four and a half assists, one and a half steals, and a half a block. 
and that's over the last two weeks, which is only an eight-game sample, but still pretty good. Oladipo's not going anywhere, so he's playing 36 minutes a game, which is about as high as his usage could be, which was kind of a, a negative thing about him last year when he was playing, um, or a couple years ago when he was playing 36 minutes a game. There's like, there's nowhere to go but down. But turns out he got better, and he played less minutes and played better the following year, and then this year he's playing uh, more minutes. And he's learning to play with Westbrook, a, a ball-heavy guard. And that's probably very weird for Oladipo, but I think Oladipo can do it. He's shooting 53% in the last two weeks, which I just don't think is sustainable. Um, this could be a nice sell-high period for Oladipo. I personally think Oladipo's potential is too high. So over the last couple months of last season, Oladipo was like one of the top 20 players fantasy-wise in the league, and I understand he was carrying the Orlando Magic at the time, and he was the primary ball handler, and he'll never be the primary ball handler in uh, OK City, which is why I understand selling high right now on on Oladipo, because really, where does he have, he doesn't really have anywhere to go but down, so that's the definition of selling high, but I like Oladipo still moving forward, I still think he's going to be pretty good, he'll be a top, I think he'll be a top 50, top 60 player, I think he'll be good enough uh, uh, I think he'll be a must-start in all leagues. I get it if you want to sell high. Feel free. If you can get something back for Oladipo, sell high, because really this is his ceiling. With playing with Russell Westbrook, this is as good as his ceiling gets. Uh, everybody else on Oklahoma City, you kind of know what's going on. Let's go to Orlando. What am I interested in Orlando? Well, a lot of stuff. This team is a freaking mess as well. Um, I'm... I'm pissed off about Orlando once again this year, and it looks like they've settled on playing Vukovic and Ibaka together. And this is actually, I think, where they were going originally. They're like, let's bring Ibaka in and play him against Vukovic, or play him with Vukovic. That way, there's a rim protector, and then there's a low post score. Well, it's it seems to have been working over the last couple of weeks. Both of those guys have been play played very well. Vukovic. Uh, kind of rebounding out of his mind right now uh over the last two weeks he's averaged 14 points and 14 rebounds which is really silly and uh, a block and a half which is out of character uh this is to me this is a a definite 100 percent sell high vukovic time you gotta sell high on vukovic i think this is um as good as he'll he's gonna play i think it's a little bit too obvious to sell high on him right now so people will see through that but sell high on him um I think Abaka, uh, he's been playing better, and I, to me, he's not a sell high. I think Abaka is this good, and I think this is how good he can be. He's uh, shooting the ball much better, and um, hitting more threes, and getting more blocks. So his his blocks are coming back, and I I think that's because they're they're finally playing him with Vukovic in the right way, and having him sit back uh, low on defense, and that's that's been an improvement. He's hitting almost two threes a game in the last two weeks. His rebounds are not as impressive as they used to be, but when he's playing away from the ball or away, away from the rim on offense, they're not going to be. I think what you've seen over the last couple weeks with Ibaka is closer to who he will be at the end of the year than how he um, started the season. Um, if you can sell high, sell high, but to me, I'm keeping Ibaka and selling high on Vukovic. Fournier has also had a, a pretty good uh week over the last week and really um it's because 
his steals went up to about two per game, which is which is out of character for him. Uh, twenty one points, two point three threes, four rebounds, four assists, two steals, and shooting forty four percent. The forty four percent is a little bit closer to where he is. Um, I'm holding on. I'm I'm giving him a hold, Fournier a hold, because he did play better than he has played this year. He shot the ball better last year than he shot the, than he shot the ball this year. And I understand that is you know a little bit more because defenses are honing in on him as, since he doesn't have Oladipo um, to worry about and Alfred Payton doesn't shoot. So I get they're they're playing better defense on him. He's shooting the ball worse, but to me, Fournier is a hold. Um, I think he's better than he has started out this season. Let's see. Let's go on to another team that's a mess, Philly. Uh, Bob Covington, beautiful Bob Covington, finally learned how to shoot the ball. He shot 47% last week. Um, That's amazing because if you combine that with how he shot in the last two weeks, so in in the last four games he shot 47%. In the last eight games he shot 32%. That's how miserable he's been shooting. I still think he's too streaky for me to own. I know against uh, Toronto tonight, he had 20 points, six three-pointers, five rebounds, two assists, and two steals. That's amazing and silly and and, and un, unfathomable. But in the last four games against Chicago, he um, he didn't make a shot. So he shot four times and make a shot. And then in Memphis, he shot 10 times, shot 60%. And then tonight, 11 times, 63%. He's too damn streaky, but hey, ride the streaks. So pick him up, flyer him. Take a flyer on him, ride the streak with him. He's like J.R. Smith. You got to ride the streak. And, you know, shooting 47% in four games is, is, is the beginning of a streak. So take a, take a flyer on him if you need the three-pointers and the steals. And that's what he is really good at. Um, he's has, expect if you do take a flyer on him, expect to have a absolutely horrible start somewhere in there, but also maybe the occasional good start. I'm taking a flyer on him in standard leagues. Um, Irsan Elias Soba, I think, uh, is above the has moved above the drop zone lately. There, he's playing uh, close to 30 minutes in the last week, and he's doing enough for me and shooting the ball well enough. He's another guy who's um, streaky, and once his shot disappears, Ilyasova is someone you can drop. But you know, you gotta play the hot hand. So take a take a flyer on um, Covington, and take a flyer on Ilyasova. Now, if you had to choose between the two, I'm taking a flyer on Covington because you know um, he can produce. His his ceiling is higher. Irsan Ilyasova's ceiling is above the drop zone, and his basement is below the drop zone, and Robert Covington's ceiling is like top 50 player and his basement is like lower 300s. Like his basement's so, so bad because he, if he just doesn't make any shots, he, he can't play. He's, uh, he's completely based around his shot. The only other interesting that happened over the Thanksgiving break is uh, Richard Holmes. Richard Holmes um, ended up playing a couple games, uh, extended minutes, he did miss the game in between, but he played against Chicago and Toronto. He played over 20 minutes in those games, and um, he averaged 12 points, seven rebounds, a steal and a half, a block and a half, and a three pointer. A one one one. So if you can get a three pointer, a steal, and a block, to me that's 
uh, something to pay attention to. Yeah, I'm not going to pick him up right now because I just don't know how fluky that was. I don't know what his playing time looks like. I'm not really sure what what his role in the rotation is currently. It uh, it seems that uh, the you know he does play a little bit more when Joel Embiid isn't playing, but I don't know if that's that, that seems to be a new predicament. And I, I'm not really sure how consistent that's going to be moving forward. So I'm keeping an eye on Richard Holmes. And if I'm in a deeper league, I would. If, if I'm in a pretty deep league, I'd pick him up. Take a take a flyer on Richard Holmes in the in the deeper leagues. Let's see. Let's go on to the another team. All all three of these teams: Orlando, Philly, and now Phoenix. Huge messes, horrible messes. There's so many young guys on. Um, Phoenix, who I think need to play, and um, I really like um, Alan Williams and Dragonbender. I think those guys could be really good fancy players if they were given starters minutes. They're not going to get starters minutes, so I'm not really paying attention to them. But Alex Lynn has been uh, someone I've told people to pay attention to and to pick up uh, if Tyson Chandler goes out. Well, Tyson Chandler has been out, and I've been saying to ride Alex Lynn. And in that period of time, he's gotten the start uh, when Tyson Chandler has been gone. And in those two weeks, he's averaged uh, only nine points, so he's never going to be a scorer, but nine rebounds and two and a half blocks. That's um, elite blocks. Uh, Alex Lynn um, is definitely an elite block uh, player when he plays starters minutes. His rebounds are above 10 um, in the last week, so they hover around ten, and that's I always think if you can hover around ten as a big man, you're really good because it's I think it's hard to get double digits um, in rebounds, even though rebounds seem to be a, oh anybody can get rebounds. It's hard to get double digits in rebounds. The fact that he doesn't get any assists and steals really kind of hurts me uh, a little bit, but that hurts his value quite a bit. But um, his field goal percentage was good in the last two weeks. The problem is, is Tyson Chandler is back. And Tyson Chandler got the start against Denver in their previous game. He had 10 points and 15 rebounds and played 38 minutes. Alex Lynn only played 29 minutes in that game. Now, Alex Lynn did get 10 rebounds and two blocks, which is what you're looking for from Alex Lynn. Um, I don't know. I'm gonna if I have Alex Lynn on my team, which I do in some cases in some standard leagues when I'm where I'm kind of desperate for a big man. Uh, he's definitely a drop zone player but standard league relevant when he's starting. And I think even in this kind of shared environment with uh, Tyson Chandler, he, he didn't, Alex Lynn's minutes didn't drop off hard when uh, Tyson Chandler came back into the lineup. Now that could be changing because Tyson Chandler's only been back for one start. Uh, though Alex Lynn's minutes stayed consistent around 29 minutes per game in, in, Tyson Chandler's two two return games, so this is something to watch. I'm uh, I'm doing a hold on Alex Lynn because I like his blocks and rebounds, and I need that in certain leagues. Um, I'm also kind of watching Tyson Chandler. If Tyson Chandler is a better Alex Lynn, then well, pick up Tyson Chandler and drop Alex Lynn. Um, that would be, I guess, my advice for Phoenix. The rest of that team, huge mess. Um, we can get into that some other time. Um, let's go into Portland. Portland Trailblazers. Uh, the only thing over on the Portland Trailblazers that's interests me in the last week is the uptick in minutes for uh, Mason Plumley. 
Mason Plumlee had a couple uh, amazing games in the last week. Granted, he didn't score a lot. He's never going to. But in the last week, he's averaged 13 points, almost nine rebounds, and five and a half assists. Five and a half assists. That's insane. Um, He's also shooting, field goal-wise, 67%, which is definitely above average by a lot. But uh, he does shoot over 50% from the field and should expect to shoot over 50%. I um, this is he's kind of turning into like a, a poor man's Joakim Noah, where Joakim Noah gets steals and blocks, and assists, and Mason Plumlee just gets assists. So he's I think he's out of the drop zone. I think he's above the drop zone. I think you can pick him up in standard leagues right now and ride him until he kind of falls off. Um, yeah, why not? Why not ride Mason Plumlee? It does seem like. They've um, continued to start him, and he's been playing consistent minutes lately and been playing well, and it does seem like they're utilizing him as an assist guy. And if you're desperate for assists, it's hard to get assists um, out of a forward center spot. And the fact that he can get five and a half assists a game, I mean, for the season, he's averaging almost five. So I was in every league he should be streamed. Um, And in standard leagues, I I would go ahead and pick him up. I'd take a flyer on him if you need um, some... If you need a, some a rebound assist combo, which is um, hey, sometimes people need rebounds and assists at the same time. Why not? Why not? Why not pick him up? Let's go on to Sacramento. This is also another team that's a mess. But let's just talk about Darren Collison. Darren Collison has been playing his way back into the starting lineup, and he started over the last uh, five games. And he's been playing okay. He hasn't been playing terribly great. And I assume if you pick you know, drafted him, you thought he was going to be playing much, much better than that. I'm still a hold on Darren Collison. I think he's he's hasn't played basketball in a while, so he's improved, uh, I think, from how he started out uh, when he came back from injury to how he's playing right now. Darren Collison has improved. So to me, Darren Collison is a whole, uh, is, is a complete hold. And um, I just want to give a shout-out to Rudy Gay for continuing to be underrated. Uh, Rudy Gay... I think you know what you're getting out of Rudy Gay. He's um, He actually might be in a little bit of a buy-low situation. He's been um, dealing with a rib injury, and he's been playing through it. He's also got a lot of trade rumors circling around him, so who knows where he goes. I'd buy low on Rudy Gay. See what you can get for him. He's a very underrated. People seem to not like him. I don't know why. They should like him. Rudy Gay's really good. He um, shoots a great free throw percentage. He doesn't turn the ball over a ton. He gets you one and a half steals. He gets you four assists and six rebounds and almost two threes. Uh, well, about a three and a half, almost two threes in the last week. But um, and he scores. Like there's nothing really to hate about Rudy Gay. I don't know why people don't like him. Uh, he's kind of like a half mellow or something like that. Not even. He's like a three fourths mellow. Just uh, he actually might be better than mellow this year. I don't know. Um, I think he might be. So yeah, Rudy Gay, buy low. Buy low right now. I like him. Uh, another guy I think you should pick up immediately on the Spurs, not on the Sacramento Kings, but on the Spurs, is Danny Green. Pick him up. Go pick him up right now. Two seasons ago, Danny Green was the 23rd ranked player in nine cat roto leagues, and that is because he made over two threes a game, got over a block, a little over a block, a little over assists. Um, no, sorry, a little over a block and a little over a steal. 
keep messing up the assistance deals. Uh, and, and then threw in about four rebounds and two assists. And, um, yeah, that's good enough to get you in a nine-cat league to be the 23rd ranked player on averages. Suddenly, this year, or last year, he his shot completely disappeared. He shot 37%. This year, he is shooting 48%. That's way higher than he should be shooting. But he's also almost averaging a steal and a block. He's averaging two threes a game and three rebounds and two assists. That sounds like a guy. Now, the league has gotten better around him, so I don't think he's going to be a top you know, 25 player by any means. But Danny Green is uh, definitely poised to be a top 59 cat across the board Roto League guy. And now he is helped a lot by his turnovers, I understand. He's also helped a lot um, by his percentages. Well, actually, his percentages. um, Well, his free throw percentage. He's helped a little bit by that. But the the steal in a block a game is is pretty incredible. And if he can get elite threes, that helps a lot of teams. So if you're desperate for threes, Danny actually Danny Green should be picked up in any league across the board. Um, pick him up. Why not? He had a couple pretty monster games over the last few days, including a four block game against Boston. Um, go pick him up. Hopefully he's on a hot streak and he keeps his shooting going and. Um, that would be really nice. Let's see. Another guy I like on the Spurs is Patty Mills. I said watch him um, most of the year, really, and uh, occasionally he will play uh, heavy minutes in, instead of Tony Parker. And when he does play heavy minutes, uh, Patty Mills is is actually worth it. So on average, he kind of averages out when he plays. You know, nineteen or twenty four minutes, he plays solid, and then when he plays, you know, thirty plus minutes, he plays very well. Uh, I think he could be ownable. In standard leagues, he's uh, shooting percentages 50% for the year, which is way, way, way higher than normal. So do expect that to drop at some point. But um, he does just enough to be standard league relevant. Um, I understand if he's not your cup of tea, and that's not... um, Well, I guess he's Australian, right? Um, So I guess it wouldn't be an Australian joke at all anyway. So yeah, um... Let's move on to the horrible, the bear in the room, the elephant in the room, whatever you want to call him. He looks like a bear. He's all hairy and weird looking. Paul freaking Gasol, playing like crap again. Um, over the last week, what are you going to do? He had a game where he didn't even score a point. He played 17 minutes and score a point. Thanks a lot, Paul Gasol. Appreciate it. I don't know what to do with Paul Gasol. Um, I told everybody to sell high on him when he was having his streak over the a couple weeks ago when he was playing very well and then he was playing heavy minutes. I said sell high or you know hold on to him if you really need someone like that on your team, but sell high. Try to sell high. And if you didn't, well, he's back down to crap. So you just got to wait until he pops back up to relevancy again. He is not going to finish in the top 20 like he has the last two freaking years. Um, expect this from Fogasol moving forward. So sell high when you can. I'm I'm not willing to drop him simply out of pride, but um, yeah. Look into um, Paul. Just you know, wait it out. Sell him when he plays. Play him when he plays good. Sit him when he plays bad. I'm I've had enough talk about Paul Gasol. We can have a whole day about Paul Gasol. Uh, let's go on to Toronto. We're almost almost finished, everybody. Um, Toronto um, breakout 
Damari Carroll has uh, put together a string of incredible games over the last uh, couple weeks. This is um, better than Danny Green has put together. Um, here's the problem. Danny Green's had a really bad shooting year, but he he did two years ago put up really great numbers. Um, it could be a fluke, but I'm not really sure if it's a fluke or not, but he did do it for a whole season. Damari Carroll is actually kind of in a similar spot. Last season, he played. Uh, he was injured, so a little bit more of an excuse to play bad. But two years ago, he played very well, uh, kind of doing everything across the board. Looking at Damari Carroll, over the last two weeks, he's only averaging 25 minutes a game, but he's had 13 points, over two threes a game, three rebounds, um, one and a half steals, and almost a block a game. Uh, he's also shooting close to uh, over 50%, uh, 53% actually. So number one, right away, he's not going to shoot over 50%. He's shooting 45% for the season. I think that's um, a little high even. Um, last year he shot only 39, but he he did slump pretty horribly last year. Um, so 44, 45, somewhere in that range is probably where he's going to end up. I still think you should pick him up. Take a flyer on Damari Carroll. I think he's probably my top flyer over the last couple of weeks simply because of the way he's performing and the way he's performing in limited minutes. Um, some monster games filling up the filling up the box score right across the board, which is exactly what you want in any league, not just Roto Leagues. So take a flyer on Damari Carroll. Do expect the fact that this could be just a fluke, but I'm willing to take a flyer on him. Uh, DeMar DeRozan has actually, um, over the last couple weeks, fallen kind of back to earth. Finally started shooting uh, closer to his normal percentage than his, uh, I think he was shooting above 50% for the season until the last two weeks. This has definitely hurt his scoring a lot, but it hasn't really hurt any of his other stats. This is kind of what you're going to get. I think this is closer to um, who DeMar DeRozan is. Uh, I just don't think that 50% was ever sustainable, and I think everybody got their hopes up thinking it was sustainable. But here's um, a pro tip. DeMar, this could be a buy low period for DeMar DeRozan. I would try to snag him. Um, this is kind of hard because he's inflated. His, his value to their owner is inflated because he played so well to start the season. This drop-off probably doesn't really hurt his value to his owner. The owner just thinks he's having a slump. In reality, I think this is kind of closer to who DeMar DeRozan is, who might occasionally break into that top, um, you know, 30, top 40 you know, type of player, but hover around, you know, the, that you know, 60, 70 area and shoot, you know, 42% instead of 50%. Um, but what a lot of people don't pay attention to is free throw percentage, and DeMar DeRozan is one of the best free throw percentage people you can own. So to me, I'd say, you know, try to buy low on DeMar DeRozan. I'm not sure what you're going to get for him. I don't think uh, – I think his inflated value to start the year kind of hurt the ability to buy low on him right now. But I think this is closer to who DeMar DeRozan is. So if you can sell high on DeMar DeRozan, which does seem kind of counterintuitive, but you this is like the advance. So buy low and sell high is obvious. Well, when your guy's slumping, 
but you think his slump is closer to his real average, that's a time you have someone else buy low. But really, you're selling at a normal rate, which is if you can get something back of equal or greater value, then you then you make out on the trade. To, uh, if you can get someone who's clo- closer to uh, you know the, the 40th player, 30th player in the league instead of a 60, 70 player, which I think DeMar DeRozan is, then you're going to come out on this trade and the other person thinks he's screwing you over by uh, buying low on you. So this might be an advanced trade alert for DeMar DeRozan. Um, let's finish. Let's go to Utah. And we only got two teams left, everybody. Utah, George Hill's uh, return has been really positive. Uh, he's been playing. Uh, he kind of just jumped right back into it, averaging, my goodness, 23 points, 6 rebounds, um, only 2.7 assists, which is not that great, but I'm sure that will go up. It's a very small sample size. 1.3 steals and almost three threes per game that's incredible i'm continue to ride george hill as long as you want this guy is who this is who he is i think that's uh who he's gonna be good for um good for george hill and then let's go to washington not a ton going on in washington uh auto porter still uh playing very well even though he did sit out i think um or he did look like he might have been injured for a little bit it had a couple um, mediocre games, but, uh, yeah, Otto Porter is, um, I, I'd stay write him out. I mean, right. Why not write him out? I mean, I guess you can always sell high on someone like this who you just don't know how consistent he's going to be. Like I've mentioned, he, um, is shooting way, way above his average in field goal, uh, for the season. He's shooting 52%. His averages are closer to like 46%. So he will drop there, but the guy is still getting uh, close to, you know, two steals a game, eight rebounds, one and a half three pointers a game. Kind of maybe even bump up to two on good shooting nights. So um, yeah, he's he's a steal, three point, and and kind of elite rebounds for his position guy. Um, why not? Why not hold on to him and see where he goes? And that's uh, that's really all I got for Washington. I hate Bradley Beal. Let me just um, reiterate how much I hate Bradley Beal. To just get a, a pot shot in on Bradley Beal uh, on the way out. I know he's um, ranked pretty well and he's been playing pretty well. I just I know he's going to get hurt. He's already hurt for a couple games in the last couple weeks, and um, he's you know. Here, he's still playing 40, 39, 40 minutes a game. They're just, just running him to death. He's going to get hurt. Just sell high. Just sell high on Bradley Beal because he's going to get hurt, period. I'm not willing to, to – maybe this will be the year. I'm not willing to play maybe this will be the year uh, that Bradley Beal won't get hurt for an extended amount of time. I'm not willing to play that game. Uh, it could be 100 in some years, just like the Cubs, if we play the maybe – next year or maybe this is the year type of game i understand that this is it's kind of ironic to say that because the cubs won but whatever um drop at bradley beal or not drop bradley beal jeez but um sell high on bradley beal because he will get injured period and that's all 30 teams we did our thanksgiving breakdown thanks for sticking that with me i appreciate it if you uh, like what you hear 
go ahead and go to iTunes and or wherever you download your podcast and give us a good uh, rating and a review that helps people uh, see the podcast and get good visibility for the podcast on the on the ra- ranking systems on those apps. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Twitter at watch the boxes all one word you can text me with your questions your feedback on the um, podcast or just you know waiver wire trade tips whatever you whatever fantasy questions you got feel free to um, tweet at me that's at watch the boxes so thanks for joining me and hopefully uh, talk to you again soon thanks